The health ministry says it plans to enlarge the graphic and text warnings on cigarette packaging so that they take up 75% of the entire pack, 55% of it being graphic warnings and the remaining 20% text warnings, up from the current 50%. It recently pre-announced the revision of the relevant law, plans to collect public opinions until last September, and once confirmed that the changes will officially be applied starting in December next year. Let's discuss the effectiveness of this measure and other tobacco control policies with Dr. Hebe Gouda, an expert on epidemiology and global health and currently a project manager at the World Health Organization. She joins us on the line from Geneva. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Gouda. Thank you for having me. According to new report on the global tobacco epidemics released by the WHO, Graphic warnings on packaging is mentioned as effective tobacco control measures. And Korea actually introduced graphic images and text warnings in December uh, 2016. Uh, What are the WHO's guidelines and recommendations on graphic warnings on tobacco packaging? Yes, um, warnings on packaging are one of the uh, policy measures that we recommend with regards to our Empower package. These are all... Uh, measures that are cost-effective and and impactful uh, at a population level to reduce tobacco use. Warnings on packages, our typical guidance is to cover as much of the, the packaging as possible with a warning and with strongly worded warning and a large graphic, and that these graphics should, and warnings should change regularly uh, so that they maintain a level of impact population. So right now, we we consider a country that has more than 50% or more of their packaging front and back covered Mm -hmm. and and also regularly changing and and their their, their graphic uh, pictures, etc., to be uh, high achieving in terms of policy measures uh, with regards to warnings. I see. That sounds like WHO is quite convinced about the effectiveness of that uh, packaging. But aren't there some uh, naysayers as well? Some argue that these warnings don't really uh, serve as an effective tobacco control measure. In fact, there's a study conducted by Seoul National University commissioned by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. They analyzed the response of uh, about uh, 477 to be exact. They are smokers. They looked at the responses and concluded that warnings did give a negative impression about smoking, but had limited effects in helping smokers quit. Uh, is there a response to that kind of claim? The warnings in particular are, um, are well, it depends on how they're implemented, of course. So mm-hmm. it, it, one, one would have to really take into account the specific context in which those warnings, those smokers uh, were exposed to the, the warning. But the warnings really should, uh, and what what is expected from it is to increase awareness, because a lot mm-hmm. of people still are not aware of the health risks uh, associated with smoking, and indeed the the health risks associated with secondhand smoke as well. And mm-hmm. then it should instigate people to consider quitting, give them that first thought, perhaps. And then, ideally, for example, a package might have a quit line number on it that the person who starts to think about quitting could then access that quit line which, uh, where they would get uh, further support. There's a l- ample evidence of, uh, of warnings being active in this way um, across the world um, and for different populations. And so you can also imagine that things like pictorial, the, the graphic images that you see on some cigarette packages, 
uh, and should be implemented on cigarette packages are particularly effective with, with populations that have low literacy, for example, where they have a hard time getting the information otherwise. How about those particular vulnerable groups, for example, um, teenage smokers, uh, compared to mm-hmm. their adult counterparts? Is there some differences in terms of effectiveness? Um, with warnings itself, uh, I'm not aware of any specific uh, research in that area. Uh, I'm sure there okay. is in different countries, and it will be kind of potentially interesting to see um, how, how what, what the impacts are. I know of research that has shown that it's impactful for low-income individuals as well as low-literacy and, and low-education individuals. I see. Um, but it's also it's impactful across the board, uh, across the population. So, and one has to remember that tobacco control measures are most impactful when they're when they're implemented together. Uh, so not just warnings, but also the other uh, tobacco control measures that we recommend. Mm-hmm. How about packaging itself? Tobacco packaging can be used as a marketing and advertising tool uh, by itself. And some have raised questions over how well graphic warnings work because you know, cigarette packs and the way they are designed themselves like a portable advertising for tobacco companies. So is plain packaging the best solution, or should there be regulations on uh, packaging design itself? I, yeah, I think you've hit the nail uh, on the head there. I think uh, the packaging itself, with the, uh, we all know how uh, powerful branding can be and logos can be. So the use of plain packaging is definitely the next step, uh, with more and more countries adopting this approach and more and more evidence being compiled on the, the effectiveness of this approach as well. It really removes the potential to advertise, the potential to, to get those brand names out there. And it also can reduce the attractiveness, if you know what I mean, of a, of a package. And of course, it provides more, it makes the actual graphics and the warnings more impactful because it's less distracting. There are people saying that there's a limit as much as you uh, look for effectiveness, but packaging itself or the planned packaging or warnings uh, itself uh, has a limit in inducing smokers quit. Uh, Do you agree that it's ineffective to strengthen the tobacco packaging policy without carrying out other uh, control measures such as raising tobacco tax or uh, banning advertising altogether? Yeah, um, I think doing any of the policies to full effect is going to have an impact. Doing all policies to full effect will have the biggest impact. It goes without saying. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly to what extent it will, the impact will be is, uh, of course, something that has to be um, measured and, and monitored. But there's no doubt that the, the policies work best together and work best when they are fully implemented. Yeah, I see. To the highest level of achievement. Uh, doctor, you mentioned the Empower at the beginning of our uh, conversation. In fact, uh, that was in the new... A WHO report as being a very successful, being effective in helping smokers quit. Can you elaborate on what that is? Yeah, sure. Um, and in fact, it's not just making people quit, uh, smokers quit. It's also stopping people from taking up tobacco use in the first place. So the World Health Organization, one of the first public health treaties uh, to ever be established, was that uh, known as the Framework Convention on Tobacco Control. And that uh, allowed countries to sign up to a treaty that said that they were obliging themselves to uh, control tobacco uh, in their countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, Currently, there's 181 countries that have signed up. 
in the in the convention, there are a number of different uh, articles that outline how uh, tobacco could be controlled. Some are demand reduction. We call them demand reduction because it reduces people the the population the demand of of tobacco. Mm-hmm. And other sort of and other articles are supply reduction, so reducing the the access of tobacco to the population. So the Empower package is actually a technical package that uh, is, helps countries implement their demand reduction side of um, the Convention uh, on Tobacco Control. So each one of those letters, M Power, it's like a, uh, like I said, um, each one of those letters stands for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, an acronym. Um, and uh, so M stands for monitoring tobacco use, uh, the, the sort of measuring exactly how many people are using tobacco in your population. P stands for protecting people from tobacco. So that is the laws that are in place to stop people from smoking in public indoor areas. O, which is the focus of the recent report, is about offering people uh, help to quit smoking. W is the warnings like mm-hmm. we've been discussing, the warnings on packaging, but also warnings that you might see in mass media, on billboards that tell you about the health, the health risks associated with tobacco. E is for the um, ensuring a ban uh, on, on tobacco advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, and R is for raising taxes. So each one of those, uh, we, we look at each country and we see to what extent their policy covers um, each of those areas and to what extent. Um, and then we sort of monitor that over, we've been monitoring it now for um, over 10 years. And the progress over 10 years has been outstanding. Um, but of course, there's still uh, a lot, a long way to go um, with uh, many countries, in fact, that don't have any policy uh, implemented to the best practice level. Um, but having said that, we now have, we went from 1 billion people with at least one policy mm-hmm. um, to 5 billion. Uh, in there. So 1 billion in, in 2007 to, um, to 5 billion in 2019. So it's been a great achievement. I see. Uh, but there's a long way to go. Uh, now, the report also mentions uh, something called the cessation service. Uh, what, what are some examples of uh, cessation services that government can provide? And also, if you can comment sure. on where uh, Korea is in that scheme. Yeah, absolutely. So O is the uh, measure, and mm-hmm. what we measure there is uh, whether a country has a national toll-free quit line, mm-hmm. whether they have um, cessation services in health care settings and facilities such as primary care facilities and hospitals. That really means uh, the brief advice that you might get when you report to it, when you go into your doctor and you say, uh, and the doctor asks you, do you smoke? And you say yes. Uh, and then they give you some brief advice and tell you where you, you know, that you should quit and this is how you might want to quit and here's some advice for you to quit, etc. And, and they're usually, you know, trained to do so. And the third thing that we look at is nicotine replacement therapy, things mm-hmm. like the patch and the gum and whether a country has them available and uh, at a cost covered, uh, some, some level of cost covering. So I did take a look at Korea's uh, status um, on O, and uh, you'll be happy to know that you're one of only 23 countries that have um, the highest level of achievement in O. Um, so you do provide um, some services in, in healthcare settings. It's uh, perhaps not all health. So, so in, in the questionnaire, the, the countries responded that they have cessation services in 
some but not all primary care settings, for example. And then you also provide nicotine replacement therapy at, with some cost cover. And there is a toll-free quit line, which is wonderful to hear. <laughs> I see. It, it seems like, you, as you described, the Empower seems to be a complete package. Not only the packaging and warning, but it touches upon other aspects of it so that it can increase the effectiveness. Well, uh, thank you, Dr. Gouda, for uh, giving us a complete picture of what the WHO is uh, recommending. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. That was Dr. Hebe Gouda, an expert on epidemiology at the World Health Organization.